0: Sunday is Rosh Hashanah. Hey 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 okay. Rosh Hashanah. so what is Rosh Hashanah for those of you who may be new may not know Rosh Hashanah is a, a Jewish celebration of the new year. Rosh Hashanah means head of the year. Rosh head of uh, uh, Hashanah means of the year or year. So Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. So on God's calendar ladies and gentlemen, on God's calendar the new year starts Sunday evening. Y'all already knew that, right? Okay, so y'all like I'm telling you something new. On, on God's calendar, the New Year starts Sunday evening. Well, I don't do New Year until January uh, 1. Well, you're going to be four months behind. <laughs> three, three months behind or so. See, because we, we want to sync up with God. God didn't change his calendar just because the, Roman, the Greco-Roman calendar came along. His calendar is still set that way. So the reason we do that is not because we're Jewish by birth, but because we are part of spiritual Israel. The Bible says that uh, in Romans 11, we are that wild olive tree that we've been grafted in. We've been grafted in. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 11 through 13, talks about how we were at one time strangers from the covenants of promise, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But now we've been brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Y'all know your Bible, right? So we're part of the family. Amen? And so we want to celebrate and we're going to do the traditional uh, apples and honey. They do that to mark sweetness. Yes, apples and honey are sweet, and you eat that together, it's a, it's a, it's a symbolic gesture of, of, of expectation of a sweet new year. Yes. So we want our next 12 months to be sweet. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can get a three-month head start on the sweetness. all your cousins are waiting for January 1 to shoot off fireworks and all that kind of stuff, we'll have fireworks in here on Sunday morning. Amen? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. See, everybody doesn't know that. But you're privy to that. Amen? And we can take part. Now, that being said, we're not going to have a children's church on Sunday. I want everybody in the building. I want everybody here on Sunday morning, everybody in the building here together, because this is not just like this is not us, you know, after church eating cupcakes and ice cream. This is this the apples and honey, and the whole the whole process is spiritual. Yes. It's spiritual. We're saying God, we're synced up with you, yes. and we're going to receive your blessing. As uh, Psalm, I think it's 65 and verse 11. Put that on the screen for me, please. Psalm 65, verse 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You'll see this, why this is important, why you want to be here Sunday. I'll tell you, baby, you want to, be here want to be here Sunday. Look at what it says in Psalm 65, verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. So God crowns. That means from beginning to end, he encircles, he encompasses, he covers the whole year with goodness. So you want to be here at the head of the year because I'm going to pronounce a priestly blessing on you for the whole year. I wish I had a bigger hallelujah than that. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't know if we understand how important that blessing is. The Bible says it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and has no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10:22. You want that blessing. Hallelujah. God told Moses, hey, here's the blessing I want you to command from Numbers chapter 6. Command this blessing on the people. Amen? And so that's how we operate. So be here Sunday. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. Bring everybody. Don't, don't bring your pets, though. Don't bring your pets. Leave your pets at home. You just, when you get home, just bless your own pet yourself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. Acts chapter 8. Praise God, praise God, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody here who's a guest, you've been here before, anybody your first time here? I want to make sure I don't have anybody first timers. First timers, all right, good, all right, good. Hey, I'm um, excited about something before we get into the word of God. Er- has everybody who's been here, you've received one of these little books before? If you haven't, put your hand in the air. I want to give you a little book, give you a book. Okay, I see one. Get- make sure she gets one of these little books here. Back in the back too, okay. All right. Everybody else, you've, you've received one? Here's the exciting news while they're passing those out. We have the Spanish edition done. Woo-hoo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand up, Itzel. Itzel Anderson, Woo-hoo! she chugged this little book for us. Amen. In the Espanol. And uh, so we've got the insides done. We just got the cover done today. And uh, so we're ready to send it to print, I think, right? And so we'll, we'll get that to print maybe tomorrow, hopefully, I believe, right? We can get it. All right. We'll get it. Yes? You got to say yes, Pauline. All right. Because you're like, yes? No, I need you to say yes. We we, may, all right, good. We're going to get it to print. And so uh, I'm not sure if they'll have those ready by Sunday or not, but if not, then the uh, First Sunday of October, we'll have the Spanish version of those books. And here's the thing. I don't want to just have these books to give when people visit, but I believe they're a good tool when you're out ministering to somebody, especially especially if you're talking about a believer. Because there's so many believers who don't know what's in that book. They don't know what's in this book. And that book comes from this book. And so I want people to get it. And uh, so... Amen, I'm really happy about that. Thank you so much, mi hermana. <laughs> Was that right? My sister, that's what I mean, My sister. Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. Let's get into that real quick tonight. Acts 8. Um, I'm going to read just verses 4 through 8. Maybe. Y'all got it? It says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of what? Samaria, Samaria and preached who? Christ. Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were what? Healed, Healed. verse 8. And there was what? Great joy. Great joy in that city. And the Holy Ghost is very particular about pointing out these things. Here, that people who were possessed were delivered, people who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. All right? Now, I want to talk on the subject again tonight, I Shall Not Be Moved. This is part two of that, I Shall Not... Be moved. Father, tonight, thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that God, each person has hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. Those that are here, those that are watching us online now or in, on rebroadcast, that God, they will all, everyone will uh, grab hold of the revelation from the word of God. I ask you that, God, you give me divine utterance, that you'd allow me to speak directly from heaven's throne, O oh God. Let, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. And I, got, I pray that, God, everyone's heart will be a tablet, where we can write and inscribe the word of God upon each heart tonight, that it will produce in us what you sinner it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. All right, so I shall not be moved, part two. So we, we looked at some scriptures before from Sunday. Is it all right if I review real quick? 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Media has that for me. First Timothy chapter 4. And verse 1, they're going to get it for me here, where Paul says, in the latter times, he says the Holy Spirit speaks expressly, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to what? Deceiving. King James seducing. So it's not seducing. King James, is, it says seducing. So when you hear people say seducing, they're not making it up. It's King James, which is okay. I'm okay with King James. Amen? Are you all okay with King James? Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. So deceiving, if you allow me to use that deceiving, because some people don't, may not know what the seducing is. So deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So they, it says they'll cause people to leave the faith, even if they don't leave church. They will leave the faith. Amen. But generally, people, by the time they leave the faith, pretty soon they're going to leave church. Amen. Alright, then because um, we, ta- we brought this up Sunday because people, some people say, well, the elect of God cannot be deceived. We're, we got it set. Well, here's a scripture I want to add to our repertoire. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at what that says. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. What does it say? Ready? Read. Therefore, so let him who thinks he stands do what? Now, remember what was happening in, in, in this last verse that he says people give heed to seducing spirits. So what we should take heed to now is the word of God. So if we think we stand, because what happens, people, they've been saved 20 years. You Anybody been saved 20 years and then left the Lord? I'm not, I don't mean exactly 20 years or you know a person. I'm talking about you know people, they've been supposed to walk with God their whole lives and then turn 63 and all of a sudden get crazy. I grew up in the old days when the old people would say, "I'm running with well, Jesus a mighty long time and I'm not tired yet." Yeah, but today, folk getting tired, obviously. Jesus <laughs> say, nine and nine and a half won't do." All this, so if some people nine and nine and a half was just enough, I'm just they back out on that last half because they're they're leaving the faith. Why? What happened? They thought they they were standing. Okay, let me let me throw some context. Cause y'all are looking at me puzzled. If you read verses 11 and verse 13, the surrounding verses, it talks about temptation to sin. In fact, the very next verse is a verse you all know so well when it says, um, uh, no temptation has taken you other than such as is common to man. But let every man, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he says, but God is able, God makes a way of escape, so you're able to bear it, so on and so forth, right? Yes, so even when you think you've got it going on, and you can't possibly fall into sin, he says take heed lest you fall. Give me um, Galatians 5, 1 and 2 real quick. I'll come right back. Give me, give me 25 seconds. Galatians 5, 1 and 2, as soon as media can get it. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ is made you free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's not the scripture I'm looking for. It's Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2. Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual do what? In what? Watch this next part. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. So he says you are spiritual. He's talking about the spiritual people. Spiritual means you're not carnal, you're not immature, you're grown up. You master some things, yet he says you got to consider yourself lest you also be tempted. So you're not too old to fall in the sin. I better stay over here. You are not just because you've been ushering 27 years doesn't mean you can't fall in the sin. So he says, watch yourself, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Tell your lady, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay, so be careful. Walk circumspectly. Redeeming the time because the days are evil, yes. right? Okay, <clears throat> so, so the devil tries to tempt us, and he, I've been talking about how he's after everybody's minds, right? And we show three ways. What are they again? Possession. It's the pod, right? So the devil's podcasting. He's podcasting. He's, he's sending out. This is why pastor keeps warning everybody about the movies and the television and the, and the music because, because everybody thinks it's so innocent. I got to close my eyes so I don't see the growl on your face. He, he, that's, I got to make my forehead like Flint because people look at me and snarl because I talk about movies and television and, and all the music. And pastor, leave my music alone. That's my jam. I understand, but you don't understand through your jam, the devil is podcasting. Ephesians two twenty-two, Ephesians 2, uh, two verse two rather, Ephesians two verse two says that, that the devil, Satan, he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. That spirit who now works in the in the sons of disobedience. So is prince of the power of the power of the airwaves. If you read that word air, it's it's the word that denotes the space between earth and heaven. You check it out in the Greek. It's that space between earth and heaven. So he, he's the one who the, who the Bible, the Holy Spirit is saying this, that Satan is in charge of that. So all the airwaves, he's podcasting. He's trying to cast possession, oppression, and depression. I know you never heard it before. I never heard it before either. He's podcasting. Everybody wants to get a podcast. Yep, yep, yep. The devil already has a podcast. He's been podcasting since the Garden of Eden. 24-7. He never shuts down. Hallelujah. He uses YouTube. He uses Disney. He uses, he uses MGM. He uses Hollywood. He uses all, he uses all these things. Amen? And I'm not talking about, listen to me, I'm not talking about you going to hell because you watch a little television. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you opening yourself unintentionally to the devil's podcast. Hallelujah. Well, that's all I got to say about that. Because some some of the faces still look at me like, "You're not really my pastor." Oh. Okay, praise the Lord. I just warn you though. Like I told you. As a matter of fact, it happened again this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm flying because I'm late for prayer this morning. I, I'm sitting there. I'm just kind of chilling out. My wife said, what, uh, uh, bro, what, what time is prayer this morning? I said, 7.30. She said, it is 7.12. 7.12. Oh, Lord. I'm chilling because, you know, I'd already got my clothes all out last night and I'm, 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 you know, I'm like just relaxing because, you know, I got time. 7.12. Oh, Lord. Man, I had the daughter at the house and I'm I'm flying. And I come around 9th Street right about where y'all live around there. And I come around there and I say, oh, wait a minute. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Right around Lake Magory. And and all of a sudden I see boy they had a, they had a they had a full scale team the out there today, right? full-scale team. I mean, they had had trucks, they had uh, motorcycles, they had the cars, they had everybody out there this morning. And I said, oh Lord, first thing I do is I slow down. Second thing I do, I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I left that out last week. I say, thank you, Jesus. I didn't get called. Thank you, Jesus, that you reminded me to slow down ahead of time. I give you all the glory. Third thing I did was I called my wife. Hey, babe. said, Johnny Law's in full force this morning. Right? Why? I'm warning her because I don't want her to get caught in the trap. So when I tell you these things, it's because I love you and I'm warning you because I don't want you to get caught in the trap. Amen? So can I leave that alone for a few weeks? Can I leave it alone for a few weeks? Okay. All right. So possession, oppression, depression. Possession, oppression, depression. Right? Possession happens through open doors to the soul. We got that, right? That's why we're trying to close those doors now oppression happens when we allow fear to become a stronghold in our minds. In other words, the enemy brings opposition. Opposition is in the stronghold. The stronghold comes with the fear. Right? And that brings us into a place called oppression where the enemy is allowed now to bring his thing. Okay, think about this. Um, If you get a symptom in your body of a sickness, a symptom in your body of a sickness, it's not the sickness that'll take you out. It's the fear that'll take you out. Y'all missed what I said. It's, oh man, I don't I don't have time. But it's not the sickness that'll take you out. It's the fear that'll take you out. Am I right about this here? You are walking around with the spirit of life on the inside of you. Right? Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. i I'll give you all those scriptures, right? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 2. Verse 6, to be carnal among is death, but to be spiritual mind is life and peace. Verse 11, if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body through Jesus Christ. So we have verse 8, verse 2, 6, and 11 all working on the inside of us. So sickness cannot kill you. But fear will kill you dead. Hello, Somebody. The Bible says, put up Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews 2, verse 11. Hebrews 2, verse 11. I'm way off track here, but we'll get back on track real quick. Hebrews 2, verse 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No, verse, verse um, um, no, 9, verse 11. I think it's 9. I'm, the Holy Spirit will help me. He'll help me. Y'all just cut me some slack. <laughs> Am I right about, no, no, that's not it. Um, give me 210. It's somewhere in that area. 10? You know what? Let me just look in my Bible. I actually have a Bible, okay? Because there's a, there's a scripture I want, want you to see here that I'm talking about. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll do a better job of memorizing these scriptures, y'all. He, it just wasn't in my notes. Hebrews. Hebrews. Glory to God. Hebrews, because this is important for somebody to know this here. So the Holy Ghost will help us get this here. Yeah, okay. 2 verse 14. Hebrews 2 verse 14. I was, yeah, I was close. Hebrews 2 verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. I need verse 15 too. Verse 15, verse 15. Add that to, to it please. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So it's not sickness that'll kill you, it's the fear of death that'll kill you. Can I get three more amens on that one? Hallelujah. All right, so we don't need to let fear get a hold of us because when you let fear get a hold of you, now you go from just having a simple sickness that'll last you one day or two days to to something that now the spirit of infirmity gets on you, and now it's two years and 10 years and 18 years. Woman, thou art loose from your infirmity. 18 years. You got it? Okay, then we talked about depression. Y'all remember depression? Hallelujah. Depression happens when you become anxious about the course of your life, your current position, so forth, all that good stuff, okay? Now, I I, want to say this to you real quick because I'm not going to have a chance to deal with this anymore for a while. But, The devil will give you all kinds of natural remedies for depression or for anxiety or for worry. One of those things he'll do is he'll he'll uh, bring along some person who really loves you and really, you know, really wants to help you and say, hey, let's go somewhere. Let's go bowling and get your mind off of it. Or let's go on vacation, let's go on a girls' weekend and we're gonna get your mind off of all those issues. How many of you know that your mind goes on vacation with you? Oh, come on this side. How many of you know that your mind goes to the bowling alley with you? And while you're bowling and they saying, Oh, we having fun? Oh yeah, we're having fun, but all the time you're thinking about Do you know, do you know how? the movie theaters even came about. Why? During the Great Depression, during the Great Depression, because people were so depressed. Now, the Great Depression was a financial depression, but guess what? It was called, causing a mental depression on America and the world. And they came up with these movie theaters and these movies that were designed for people to go for an hour or so and take their minds off their poverty, take their minds off of their misery. That's why movie, movies became so popular. Because it was supposed to be a distraction from your real life. It's all the movies, Charlie Chaplin, all those. That's all that, all that stuff came about. Make you laugh so you don't think about the fact that you're broke and you've got to get in a bread line for three hours. So what happens is your mind still is there with you on vacation. Your mind still still somewhere else. Now, now. Here's the thing, because I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you if you let me help you. So what people say is, when they say take your mind off, what they really mean, because they know you can't really take your mind off, what they really mean is, let's focus your mind on something else for an hour, or three hours, or for three days. Let's focus your mind on something else. Now, if I can do that, and I can do that, then I can do it a whole lot cheaper. Because if I can have an issue in my mind, and yet focus my mind on something else then i can do it while i'm still at work i can do it in my own home i can meditate on things that are lovely and true and of good report honest i can think on these things so there'll be virtue and there will be praise see if you're worried and you're frustrated it's because you're meditating on the problem Amen. Exit sign. If you're worried and frustrated and anxious, it's because you're meditating on your problem. So what you have to do is now refocus your mind on the solution, on the word of God. You can do it. You can do it. You can break out of all that depression. Amen. Here's another, another, another answer I want to give you. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 from the Amplified Classic. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Hallelujah. Y'all got that? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 from the Amplified Classic. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Look at what it says here. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourself in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God. Demote, lower myself. Why would God tell me to lower or demote myself? See, the reason you get worried and anxiety is because you're trying to fix your problem yourself. Hallelujah. See, when, I, when I, things come to my mind, they're like goofy. And y'all want me to say it. Yes. But I don't know if it'll cut it in this, you know, but here's this, this the first thought came to my mind: If if my kids ran out of uh, let me use a use a proper term, bathroom tissue, this is this is the first thought came to my mind, Joe. If my kids ran out of bathroom tissue, they don't get worried, anxious about how to get bathroom tissue. They tell their parents, and then they go on about their business. It don't matter if they don't have a job and no money in the bank. They tell the people who do and go on about their business. They demoted themselves. They lowered themselves. Are y'all getting this here? So if you and I get worried and frustrated, what we're saying is, God, I must be the supplier myself. I must be the healer myself. I must be the way, the way maker myself. And God says, no, you're not. Go ahead and lower yourself, demote yourself back down to a child. Stay in a child's place. My mom used to say that. Stay in a child's place. Some of you parents need to go and remind your kids of that. Stay in a child's place. And then God's reminding us about that as his children. Stay in a child's place. Right? It says that he may exalt you, that in due time he may exalt you. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Isn't that good tonight? Isn't it good to know that God cares about you affectionately? He cares about you watchfully? So God's taking care of us? He says that he may exalt you in due time. I don't want to throw this in here. This is the last thing here. Uh, um, uh, that word exalt comes from the, the Greek word hoopso' hups, or hupsao, rather which means to lift up on high. This is what it says he'll do when you humble yourself. This is what he'll do. To lift up on high, to exalt. Metaphorically, it means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. To exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. I'll take that. I don't. Know, some of y'all look like you don't want to hear it. I'll take that. I'll take that over worry and anxiety all day long. I'll take that over depression all day long. Why should I be depressed, man? When God said he's going to raise me up to the summit, summit means the top, the highest, of opulence and prosperity to raise me to dignity, honor, and happiness. Man, I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be worried. I give it all to Jesus. Amen. All right, now, so again, we don't want to be moved by the devil's uh, enticement into curiosity, into fear and anxiety, right? Right. All right, so I gave you Ephesians 4.27, which says, give no place to the devil. Give no place. It says, nor give place to the devil. That word place, again, is talking about opportunity, power, and occasion for acting or license. So we don't want to give the devil no license to operate in our lives. Give him no opportunity. Give him no room, no space. So we're cutting him off. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Amen. Amen? All right, now, Acts chapter 8. Acts 8. A main scripture, and we, we begin to uh, preview this on Sunday. Acts 8. And uh, it talks about how uh, Philip, which is one of the, uh, he was part of the early church, and he goes down once the uh, persecution happens in the church, he goes down to a city of Samaria. Okay? And he preaches, verse 5, it says he preached Christ to them. That's what we ought to preach today. Christ. Him crucified. Him resurrected. In the simplicity of Christ is everything we need, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, "And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 7. Notice the scenario that the Holy Ghost points out to us. For unclean spirits crying out or crying with a loud voice came out of many who were what? Possessed. Possessed. So notice how the devil was controlling their minds through possession. And it says the unclean spirits came out. Thank you, Lord. And many who were Paralyzed. paralyzed. So many, many. We're here many, many. Many possessed. Many paralyzed. And lame. Many paralyzed. And many lame. Were healed, So if there's many Now it's interesting ladies and gentlemen Because for the Bible to point out Many paralyzed and many lame This is a city yes. Yes. And for the Holy Ghost to point out That in that city there were many Paralyzed and many lame This is not some natural thing I wish I had a little more interest in that This is not some natural thing that paralysis has consumed the city. No, I don't get it. I I want you to imagine the the city of St. Petersburg, if we looked up all of a sudden, and in November, we have a mass situation of paralysis and lameness in this city where this city of 250,000 people or so, that all of a sudden you look up and there's 100,000 people that are paralyzed or lame. What would you say? Wow, wow. No, you say something is going on. You, I mean, you and your spiritual self would know there's something in the atmosphere. This is not natural. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood here. There's a principality at work over this region. Wouldn't you say that? So for the Holy Spirit to point out to us that there is many who are possessed and then many who are paralyzed. Many who are lame. This is what what we will call a pandemic. And there's no vaccine for this. You can't wear a mask and keep this out because the mask can't keep out spirit. Not even today. Mask cannot keep out spirit. What is hitting people is the spirit of fear. And with the spirit of fear, you can put on 12 N95s. You can have an N95 on each ear, over your nose, over your face, over your eyeballs, and the spirit of fear is still going to let whatever whatever wants to get in, get in. Everybody knows monkeypox is being spread mainly by gay men having sex with gay men. And you can put on a mask for that and still get monkeypox if you're scared. And you know, I ain't with no game. Yeah, but you got that fear on the inside of you. And the thing you fear the most, Job 3.25, will come on you. You follow what I'm saying to you? So in this city, you have an epidemic of paralysis and lameness that is caused by a spiritual force. Well that's good right there, but I don't, I hope y'all grab a hold of that there. Many paralyzed, many lame. It's a spiritual thing. Y'all got this here. And so we see then that there's an oppression on that city. Many possessed. Then now we see many oppressed. This is a spirit of infirmity that is spread through that city. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It might, might in today's terms, they might call it a breakout of polio. Am I right about it? And then it said, the Holy Spirit pointed out in the next verse, verse 8, that after Philip preaches, there was great joy in that city which tells us then that, that city was a depressed city. I remember just a few years ago, I had the article I saved, I think I've probably gotten rid of it now. A few years back, St. Petersburg was voted the most depressed city in America. Do y'all remember that? Like I sit up and I share that with you. St. Petersburg was voted by some stupid study. <laughs> it had to be stupid because I'm here. And it was, But St. Petersburg was voted the most depressed city in America. Based on drug sales, pharmaceutical sales, legal pharmaceutical sales. (laughs) Okay. And no, that's all changed now, praise the Lord. Because we keep preaching Christ. We keep preaching Christ. So what that tells us is that there is a principality that operates this possession, this oppression, and this depression That can blanket a whole city. There was great joy in the city, which meant that before there must have been great depression in that city. Are y'all with me? Now, how did that happen, Deacon Robert? Well, we go and reread chapter 8, verse 9 through 11, and we'll see what what it is. How How did the devil, how did his, how was he podcasting? Somebody take that and use it. The devil podcasting. You need to tell people when they depressed, stop listening to the devil's podcast. <laughs> Verse 9. But there was a certain man uh-huh. called Simon. Notice the Holy Spirit says who previously so this is now there's the right Jonah city people were healed or delivered but now he, he goes and gives us the backstory. Right, right. There was a man named Simon who previously practiced sorcery. That word sorcery is the is the Greek word magio which where we get the word magic from. Right? In the city. Sometimes let's just actually say witchcraft. Okay? Practice sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria. He astonished them. I'm going to show you that here in a second. He practiced magic and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all did what? K-D. To whom they all did what? K-D. Now, remember, I told you what happens. When you give heed to deceiving spirits and dodges of devils, you will depart from the faith. Jesus Christ had already come through less than four years prior and preached the gospel there. That woman who, was, who met him at the well of Samaria, she had already gone back and spread the gospel. People, they believe, But within four years, we saw all of a sudden they have given heed now rather than to the word of God. They've given heed to the magic, given heed to the podcast. They stopped listening to the word of God. Be careful if you stop listening to the word of God. Hallelujah. Be careful if you find yourself finding, finding um, uh, the word intolerable. Well, you much rather watch YouTube and, and videos of people doing this and that than, than spending their time in the word of God. you much rather read the newspaper and magazines than read the word of God. Something is happening on the inside, and it happens very slowly, ladies and gentlemen. The devil's very subtle. He's a, he brings seducing. Seduction isn't. Bam! Seduction is. I just I just draw you little by little by little. That's how people fall into, into adultery at work. That girl doesn't just come and just throw it on you. She just says something little cute you know, one, little one day. That's why the Bible talks about in Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and 8. It talks about that woman, them eyelids on. And now they put on them big old eyelids. They, eyelids big as your hands. Eyelashes, that's what it is, my lashes. <laughs> like, good God, girl. Eyelashes coming all, all out of the drive-through window on me. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> so anyway, you need a hairnet for them things. You're right. You're right. Somebody should come up with a mini mini for the for the eyelids, eyelashes. So so the seduction happened slowly. So the people started giving heed. They started giving heed to what to what uh, uh, Simon was doing, rather than keeping uh, continue to give heed to the word of God. Uh, Hebrews, uh, let's see, if we got this right. Hebrews two and one. Hebrews 2 and 1. Let's see if we got it right. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed, the more earnest, y'all see it? The more earnest heed, more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. So if we stop heeding the word, guess what's going to happen? We're going to dr- not. It didn't say fall away, drift. Drifting is very slow. It's very subtle. Before you know, you're way off course. You didn't know, how in the world did I get way over here? Well, now, now I'm watching stuff I, shouldn't, I know I shouldn't be watching. Well, you didn't start that way. You just started drifting. So we got to give more and see to the things we've heard. Hebrews 2.1, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We had it right that time. So over here in Acts chapter 8, we saw that the people, they were giving heed to Simon, to Simon. To Simon, they were watching his magic tricks. Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry, rather, uh, Acts chapter 8, verse um, uh, 10 and 11. Acts chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. Me y'all, stay with me. I'm, I got y'all over everywhere. Y'all, y'all are doing a great job. To whom they all gave heed from the least of the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God, verse 11, verse 11. And they heeded him. Notice how many times it says heeded. They heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries or with his magic tricks for a long time. For a long time. Now the word astonished, listen to this very carefully, this is this very powerful. The word astonished comes from the Greek word existemi. Existemi. Which means, watch this, this is so powerful, D. to throw out of position. When you read it in your concordance, astonished means to throw—that's the very first—that's the main definition of it. That doesn't—I mean, we know it means amaze. You get down there deep in the definition, but the very—the primary root—that definition of astonish means to throw out of position, to displace. It goes on to mean to amaze, to astonish, to throw into wonderment, to be out of one's mind, to be to, uh, besides oneself, insane. So the devil's first. Uh, goal is to throw you out of position. It's to displace you from your place in God. So he brings his magic tricks to astonish, to astound you, to make us curious about what he's doing. That's why he always puts out all his social media influencers. Social media impressors. To try to show people what they're doing and say, look, look how my life, I transformed my life in 90 days, and I used to be this, and now I'm that, and whoa, look at that. And you don't know they had plastic surgery. You heard a tummy tuck, you liar. I did a thousand sit-ups. That was not sit-ups, you liar. Hallelujah. But notice the enemy's goal, ladies and gentlemen, is to throw us out of position. Right. Oh, that's so good. That's right. To displace us. What does it mean to be to be displaced? It's like when you are you are, a hurricane comes through and destroys a a city or an area and now you're out. You don't have a place. You're you're displaced. You're out of your place. So the devil's goal is to get us out of position and out of place and he's doing it he's doing it masterfully to people in the body of Christ masterfully people think oh no I'm still good I'm good I'm good I'm good you, you lie you're not good you're not even in place let, let me not even talk about just being in church and if you get out of place out of church you'll be out of place in your marriage y'all got quiet right there look at y'all getting quiet in here you'll be out of place as a parent You'll be out of place in your job. You'll be out of place financially. Amen. The Samaritans were astonished by, watch this, the supernatural realm. They were astonished by the supernatural realm. What what this is so important, ladies and gentlemen, listen to what I'm saying. What Simon was doing was he was tapping into a power outside of the natural realm and astounding the people. Now, the same is true today that people are astonished or astounded by another realm. That's why people are going around smudging. I'll come over here smudging. I don't mean smudging on paper. I'm talking about they're taking sage and they're taking the candles and they're taking the rocks because they're 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 curious about the supernatural realm because the people will tell them, well, if you if you wave this sage in your house, you're going to draw uh, power and you're going to draw special uh peace and uh, what, they, what what they're really saying is you're drawing from the out of the supernatural realm. Well, right. right. y'all got quiet in this Methodist church. And people are being, even the body of Christ, are being drawn away, astonished by the supernatural realm. Oh, you we get we get a bowl and we're make the noise in the bowl, and it's gonna bring healing to your body. And they're like, ooh, I feel something. I feel frequencies. Yes, you do feel frequencies. There are frequencies from hell that are entering to your body. Am I right about this, ladies and gentlemen? It's because everybody, everybody has a longing to experience something out of this realm. That's why it is so important for you and me with our Holy Ghost Sanctified selves is to give people an experience and encounter with God from the supernatural realm that's not going to wreck their lives, but it's going to bless their lives. That's why we cast out demons. That's why we lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. That's why we minister the gifts of the spirit, to get, because people want to experience the supernatural realm. And the devil is turning his up while the body of Christ has been turning ours down. Body. Christ gets happy because we go to church and have a good service, good even a, even a powerful worship service with all the smoke and all the lights and all the cameras and all the sound and boom, 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 boom. But nobody's getting healed. Nobody's experiencing the power of God. Nobody's getting delivered. People are walking out of concerts depressed. People are walking out of concerts and they're, they're still strung out. They're still smoking. They're, they're still bound because nobody's encountering anything in the supernatural. And yet the devil witchcraft is increasing in this day. I wish I had. So I'm gonna come on this side. Witchcraft is increasing in this day, and young people especially, by the droves, are being drawn to it. I said, young people, even our children, even our ones in this church, they're being drawn. You better turn up your prayer life for your children. I didn't get anybody saying anything. I said, "You better turn up your prayer life for your children because the devil is trying to draw them by showing them something because you won't." Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! They were astonished by the magic tricks. Magic tricks. I remember growing up, Deacon Robert, and there's be this little bunny. Uh, this, this, yeah, you remember that, the little cereal tricks? And the little commercial always come out, uh, Silly Rabbit. Tricks are, tricks are for kids. Tell your neighbor, tricks are for kids. Are for kids. Come on, tell somebody else, tricks are, tricks are for kids. See, the reason why the body of Christ is getting sucked up by tricks is because the body of Christ is not growing up. Put up Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4. I'm going to start at verse 11 and I'll go probably through verse 13. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Watch this. Let me tell you why. And uh, Thank you, Holy Ghost. This, this is why the, why the devil has done such a powerful job of getting people to disconnect from their apostles, from their prophets, from their evangelists, from their pastors and their teachers. Why the devil got people in the church saying, I don't need no pastor, no preacher, no teacher, as long as I got King Jesus. That ain't what Jesus said. If you go back to verse 9 and 10 of that same chapter, he says that he, he descended uh, down, he ascended up, up on high, and he gave gifts to men. And here are the gifts he gave, and he gave himself. He himself gave some to be what? Come on, read it. Come on. And some. Why? Why would we need those people, verse 12, for the equipping? Come on. In other words, to equip you to go out there and show signs, wonders, and miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I need everybody here Sunday. I'm going to give everybody a book on Sunday on healing. Not how to receive it, how to minister. God has given us the authority and the command to go heal the sick. I'm going to give you a preview about it. He didn't command us to go pray for the sick, He said, go heal the sick. The church been praying because we've been children. No, the church must be healing the sick. Not praying for the sick, healing the sick. Be your son. I'm gonna give everybody a copy of that book. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Keep going, verse 13. Verse 13, come on. Till we all come, come on. Come on. Come on. Keep going, verse 14, verse 14. At verse 14. Hallelujah. Y'all know I can go anywhere. That we should no longer be children. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. If you grow up in Christ, the devil cannot trick you with those little tricks no more. And the reason folks are getting tricked is because they're not growing up in him. They, The devil will get people to disconnect from their apostle. Remember, in the body of Christ, for a long time, we didn't even acknowledge apostles and prophets. Right. That's right. That's right. For the longest time, churches said, apostles and prophets, oh, it's for the Bible days. That's all passed away. All we have is evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Well, sure we have evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But the Bible says the whole church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And, and remember, if you go back to verse 12, he says, till we all come to the unity. was well, verse, verse, the verse, verse uh must have been 13. 13, thank you. 13. Till we all come to the unity. We ain't done that yet. He gave a fivefold till we come to the unity. If we've not done that, then we still need all the fivefold. Can I get an amen on that one? Now, why does, do we need that? So we're no longer children. Verse 14, Tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. The devil is plotting against people of God. The devil is plotting against you. And the God says that we need the five fold ministers so that we grow up so we won't be tricked and sucked out and pulled out and thrown out of place and displaced by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of of deceitful plotting. You don't get it. The devil is plotting against you. He's plotting. He's planning. You know how he does it, Miss Frankie? He studies you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a good burglar who's worth his, his salt cases a house first. Some of the ones that's strung out on crack gonna bust up in your house just on the first thing. But a good burglar who does it for a living. You know, there's different kinds. There's some that's gonna do it because they want to hit, but some who do it for a living. The ones who do it for a living, they're gonna case the joint. They're gonna study. They're gonna study what time you go to work. What, your, what time you go to bed, what time you go to school, what time you go to church. They study your movement. They know. They learn. Oh, okay. What are they doing? They're plotting. So the devil studies us. He plots against us, and he's coming up with good tricks to pull us out. That's why we got to grow up. Tell you, neighbor you got to grow up. Oh, Lord. Pastor, how do I grow up? Desire to sense the milk of the word. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the Word. Desire the Word. We need the Word. We need, we need, we need the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. We need the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. We need the Word more and more of the Word every day. Pastor, you emphasize the Word too much. Not enough. Say this for all you people, you've been saved a long time. You can't get full today off a of potato you ate 17 weeks ago. You got to eat again and again and again and again and again. That's why I get I trip on the inside of people when I say turn to the scripture. You don't even open your Bible, you don't even bother open your Bible. Oh, I know that one. No, you don't. No, you don't. And if you think you do, aren't you the one arrogant person to think you don't have to turn to it? Oh, because I know, no, wait, you, I don't care how good that steak was last night. You're going to be hungry again tomorrow. Glory to God. So let me, let me finish this up here, boy. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh. Okay. Soda, we protect it from trickery. Y'all, come on, stay with me. So, Philip shows up, right? But the thing about it is, Philip wasn't moved. You remember my title? I Shall Not Be Moved. Philip wasn't moved. He wasn't astonished, he wasn't impressed. He saw the same little tricks. But he wasn't moved. You know why? He had already been moved by the Holy Ghost. He had already experienced the most supernatural thing you could ever experience on this planet. He had already tasted of the heavenly gift. He had already tasted of the heavenly, he had already tasted the Holy Ghost. And once you've already had a real encounter with the Holy Ghost, you cannot be impressed. You cannot be moved by the devil's little... <laughs> My prayer for you is that God will fill you again and give you a whole new encounter. Just, God, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Thank you for what you did 10 years ago. Thank you for what you did five years ago. But God, do it again. Do it tonight. Do it tomorrow. Do it next week. Do it again and again and again and again. Fill us again. So we won't be moved by what the enemy presents. So Philip wasn't moved. You remember in Acts 6, he was one of those ones, one of those seven men who was chosen. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of power, right? Full of faith. Now, can I show you something about, about him? Yes, and I pray this for every person in this church, every family. Acts 21, verse 8 and 9. Acts 21, verse 8 and 9. I want you to see that. Luke right here it's right here. He says, And on the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of this is the same man. Philip the evangelist, right? Uh-oh. Now, he was first called, and he would have been labeled what we call a deacon, although the Bible never used that term back in Acts 6. We, we would call him a deacon. Yes. But by the time we arrive at 21, he's an evangelist. Why? He's evangelized in Acts chapter 8. Yes. Yes. Who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, watch this. Luke, Luke says we stayed with him. Now, when you—I don't have time. To, I don't have all the names listed, but if you check out the party, you have Luke, you have uh, Paul, of course, and the Bible accounts about seven other men who were all traveling with him. So we can estimate somewhere between seven and nine guys are traveling together. They arrive at Philip's house, and the Bible says they stayed with him. I don't know if y'all get it. I don't know if y'all get it. That means Philip House was big enough to house nine guests. See, Philip wasn't moved by the devil. If he had been moved by the devil back in Acts 8, he would have been displaced, thrust out of his divine position. And we wouldn't be reading about him in Acts 21 Hosting Paul and eight other guests in his big old house. How big was his house? He hosts nine guests. Look at the next verse. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. So first of all, it's him and his wife. We assume there's a wife somewhere in there. And they got four girls. And nine guests. How big is this man's crib? And I love you, Paul, but I'm not going to have you and all his men sleeping near my, my four virgin daughters. We, we don't want to give no place to the devil. Paul, I know. Luke, I know, but I don't know these other seven guys. Other seven guys. I'm going to let y'all be careful with these sleepovers we have here. But, but. But Philip was unmoved. Thank you, hold on, because i got to shut this down. He was unmoved, but I want you to notice this. Here's what I want you to see especially. He had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Four virgin daughters, which meant he was raising them to be chaste. Which meant he couldn't let his daughters hang out with, you know, Silly Sally down the corner. Cause Silly Sally might have astonished his daughters. Oh, y'all don't like that. You know the Bible talks about silly women. He couldn't let the, his daughters hang out with the silly, silly Sally and Jilly Jally and Jam Jam and his daughters couldn't go to the prom. <coughs> Excuse me. His daughters couldn't couldn't go to the homecoming. <coughs> Excuse me. We couldn't couldn't do that because. Um, I'm raising them to be chaste. No, but what we do in our modern theology is we send them to the prom and rent the hotel for them, and make sure we prescribe birth control so you know they don't bring no baby home. Baby, it's more stuff out there than babies. I said, there's more things out there than babies. You're going to supply all the equipment for them to go have a good time and then, oh, I don't know why she, you know, you supplied it. Y'all can be quiet in this Methodist church all you want to. I'm going to just tell you what the truth is. But see, he had a standard because he was moved by the Holy Ghost. Y'all ain't got to say much to me. I'm just right. He was moved. He was impressed by the Holy Ghost. So he wasn't going, He wasn't impressed by the world and he wasn't going to allow his daughters to be impressed by the world. And it turned out pretty well because they, the Bible calls them four virgin daughters who prophesied. So not only were they raised to be chaste, but they were raised to serve God. They were raised to love Jesus Christ. They were raised, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They didn't wait till they got grown and married. They were four virgin daughters in his house prophesying. Oh, isn't that a promise yes, yeah. that your sons? Come on, help me out. Your sons and your daughters shall do what? Prophesy. Prophesy. He grabs a hold of that promise and say and says, "I'm so unmoved by the world. I'm going to make sure I nurture that." All right, let me shut down because y'all shutting down on me, boy. Ooh. Message y'all, homecoming. Ain't it, ain't it homecoming week? Pastor Nye, it's homecoming week. <laughs> go, on home, then. go home, and Go home. In State, go home. Mama, what I'm going to do for homecoming? You coming home. That's what you're doing. You coming home. <laughs> All right, let me close out right here. Let me close out right here. Two places real quick and I'm gonna close out. I'm gonna close out and I'll I'll finish this next year. First John, two, first John 2, 15 through 17, the Living Bible. First John 2, 15 through 17, the Living Bible. Hallelujah. Close my Bible so I can finish up. That Bible, boy, it's it's, it's loaded, man. Open that thing, this stuff goes in there. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Can you read it with me? Can you read? Y'all mad? All right. Look up. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love these things, you show. Oh, I love. No, stop. Verse 16. Verse 16. For all these worldly things. Come on. What? What? Come on. These, these are not from God. They are from this world itself. Go go back, go back to the beginning of verse 16. I want to read that again. I want to read a verse. I'll just stop here. For all these worldly things, these evil desires. Come on, watch this. Now, what is the devil podcasting all over the world? The craze for sex. You can't watch a car commercial and it ain't sexy. You can't watch a a Mountain Dew commercial and it ain't sexy. You can't watch a Hardee's Burger commercial and it ain't sexy. What is he doing? He's stirring a craze. He sexualizes all the music, all the movies, all the TV shows. When I was growing up, Fred and women didn't even sleep in the same bed. Neither did Barney and Betty. I don't even know, how, you can't even tell how, how, how Bam Bam and Pebbles came along. They just showed up. Now everything is. Every, I better shut down. Everything's been sexualized. Why? To, to podcast a craze for sex. Let's read it again. Ready to go. For all these rolling things, these. Come on. Look at the next one. What? What? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's good marketing, isn't it? These companies. Flash things! You gotta have the new. You gotta have the iPhone 14, and they wait just until you buy the 13, and say, "Here comes the 14." And you gotta get the Apple Watch, and you gotta get the iPad. You gotta get the MacBook, cause you're part of our cult. I'm with I'm, I'm messing with y'all. I'm, I'm messing I'm, I'm a Samsung guy. But I'm just telling you what they do is they make everything so appealing. And the devil stirs up this covetousness on the inside of them. And you'll be anxious. <sighs> just, I gotta get the new the new this and the new that. The newest shoes and the newest belt and the newest hat and the newest. And there was that. And I got I to gotta have it. And you can't all sleep because you're you shopping online all day long. Every time you look up, you just, oh, I got to go to the mall. I remember as a kid, we used to go to the mall every weekend. But it wasn't to buy stuff. It was to be on the set. We was on the set. Right? The ambition to buy everything that appeals to you. Watch this. Let's go to add, add the last one. And the pride that comes from wealth. The pride that comes from wealth. There's a pride that comes. Nothing wrong with wealth. Nothing wrong with importance. It's the pride. It's attached to it. The devil will get you caught up in. He says, these are not from God. They are from this evil world. Last verse, verse 17. And this old world and these evil, evil what things? What, what things? Oh, those things are forbidden. Just tell your neighbor they're forbidden. So stop playing around with them. They're forbidden things will go with it. But here's the good news here's the good news. But whoever So here's a, let me close out by saying this, because I'm out of time, overtime now. The devil sexualized everything. He puts things right in our face, and we got to say, devil, I shall not be moved. He'll put the latest gadget, doodads, fashion, car, whatever in our face, and we just got to stand and say, devil, I shall not be moved. He'll offer you importance, offer you these. Now, these are this, these same three areas, love of, love of the flesh, love of uh, uh, pride of life, l- lust, of, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. These are the exact three areas that the devil tempted Eve with, and he came along in Luke and tempted Jesus with. They're the exact same three. Any temptation you face, any sin you could ever fall into is one of those three areas. There's no new sin under the sun. It's all been done before. People have done it better than you. (laughs) And our resolve must be, I'll not be moved. Why? Why? Because I don't want to give the devil any opportunity, any open door, any license to bring... Oh, I'm saved now, so we're not gonna get possessed anymore, right? but I don't want any of his oppression, and I don't want any of his depression. I enjoy being happy. How many of y'all enjoy being happy? Do you know there are some people who who get a kick out of being sad they kind of like this this feeling comes to them when they're sad, and they can have that that thing you know you know, and they want everybody to know I'm sad, and you know you know and just whatever but Right, but we're supposed to enjoy being happy. Having the joy of the Lord on the inside of us and not give in to the devil. Never again give in to him anymore. Shut him down. Shut him up. Shut him out. And enjoy the life God has for you. Do y'all receive that tonight? Come on, stand on your feet and give God a praise if you receive that word tonight. Come on, give God thanks for that word. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Receive it with thanksgiving tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Grab hands with your neighbor tonight. Thank you, Lord. I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Y'all remember that growing up? Hallelujah. Some of y'all. Joe, you remember that? I'll find it for you on YouTube. <laughs> Joe sends me all his YouTube songs. He likes it old school, you know. Choir. No, not Southern Gospel. Choir. Joe Joe likes Mississippi Mass and Chicago Mass. And I, I told y'all how he looking all right I told y'all that. <laughs> You're looking for a girl that likes Chicago Mass. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of music are you listen to? <laughs> Hallelujah, praise God. They say, I like Lauren Daigle. No, 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 no. I'm not saying anything bad about Lauren Daigle. Trust me, we're just talking about him. All right, we're not going to be moved. We're going to stand. We're going to stand in the evil day having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins which is talking about your mind girt about with truth when you have your loins girt about your mind girt about with truth then the devil can't deceive you with his tricks I've got this all right just I want you to begin praying for that person next to you right now just pray for them Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray for their strength. I want you to pray for their stand, for their stance in the Lord. Pray for their mind, peace in their minds, that the God would guard their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Pray for their protection from the enemy's tricks. Deceit, cunning craftiness, deceitful plotting, trickery of men, false doctrine, doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, the devil's podcast. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we agree tonight in prayer for this house, all those that are here, all those that are watching, all those that will be here, that, God, we have our minds and our hearts guarded with your peace, the peace of God. We come against and we curse all depression and we curse all oppression, God. Off the minds of your people. We thank you that God, your people will walk at liberty, we'll walk at peace. You say you'll keep us in perfect peace of our minds are stayed on you. And we come against all anxiety, we come against all worry, we come against all frustration, we come against all fear in Jesus' name, and we command right now the peace of God, the peace of God to attack worry. Yeah, yeah. We command that that the peace of God attacks worry, it attacks anxiety. We resist worry with peace. We resist anxiety with peace. In the name of Jesus, we cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. You told us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. You said we will, that you will exalt us in due time. Thank you, Father, that our due time is coming. We will not be weary of what we're doing. For you said in due season, Lord, in due time we'll reap if we don't faint. we will not quit, we will not go in the towel we will not Lord let ourselves get frustrated about our current place oh God you're moving us, you're taking us to that place you're growing us up God you're helping us to reach the place you've had for us God you know your plans for us plans to prosper us not to harm us plans to give us a hope and a future plans to give us an expected end oh God So we'll not be frustrated about our current status, our current position, God. We'll not let our mouths utter things that go against your will and your word. But we'll stand with you and walk with you, Father. We'll walk together in agreement, Father. Thank you, Father, that your people will experience an unparalleled peace, a peace that passes all understanding. All the days of our lives. And I pray, Father, that w- you'll give us continued grace to stand. Grace to stand. Grace to stand. Fortify our hearts and our minds to stand against the wicked one. And I pray, Father, that anybody, Lord, that anywhere where the enemy is trying to deceive, that you will give us uh, your sight. Open our eyes, so we may see the tricks. The schemes of the enemy where he's trying to get in, trying to get us out of place and cause us to be confused and disturbed. Let us see his work. And Lord, we thank you that God, you said if we submit ourselves to you and resist the devil, he will flee from us. We'll do that. We'll do that tonight. And I pray for strength for these, your people, that we may stand in this evil day and that God, we may be a light in the midst of this dark world. And show people the real supernatural, the real power, the real power of the living God. Use us in a mighty way. In the earth we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 And Put those hands together one more time and give God a praise tonight.